0: For most people, the meaning or the beliefs we have about dogs doesn't have a significant impact on our life. But what we also saw was how our parents experienced money or how our parents were in a relationship or how our parents experienced their health. And that does have a substantial impact on the way that we experience the world because money and relationships or health are so prominent in our life. Welcome to A Changed Mind, a journey into the topics that matter to you most from the neuroscience and spirituality of mindset and personal growth to groundbreaking strategies for health, wealth, and relationships. To open and honest conversations about pressing global issues, such as the environment, censorship, corporate capture, and democracy. Each and every episode reminds us of the certainty of the goodness of the future and provides the teachings, tools, and timeless wisdom inspiring you to create real lasting change in your life and in the world. If you've been desiring a sanctuary for your spirit, a place to go to tune out the distraction, negativity, and doom and gloom so that you can tap into the deep power, the vibrancy, and the potential you have inside, you're in the right place. Welcome to A Changed Mind. Hey, it's David, just a quick interruption to your normally scheduled podcast. I've got an amazing opportunity for you and a huge announcement. Tickets are now available for my annual event, The Powerful Living Experience Live. It's coming up February 22nd through 25th in Round Rock, Texas. Now, if you get that your mindset is creating your reality and there are things that you want to change, but you just haven't been able to become aware of the limiting beliefs and resistance that are holding you back, or better yet, if you know that you've got resistance and childhood traumas inside of you, but you just haven't been able to let go of them or transform them, man, you need to get to the Powerful Living Experience 2024. You can check out all the details, the discounted pricing, the early bird bonuses, over at PowerfulLivingExperience.com. This event was named a top three must attend personal development event by Inc., and in just three days, I'm gonna be taking you through all the teachings, the philosophies, sharing with you the tools to literally transform the way you think, to eliminate the resistance that has been holding you back, and to give you a map for how to get to the next level of wealth, health, career, or business growth, spiritual growth, relationship growth, in your life. And right now we've put together a ton of early bird bonuses from a buy one, get one free ticket to a whole bundle of digital courses and trainings to 80% off the ticket price. Everything you need in order to be successful at the event. Now, if there's one thing you can do to get yourself ready for a different 2024, to prepare yourself so that no matter what happens in your external circumstances, you've got the mindset and the vision and the clarity to dramatically up-level every aspect of your life. It is to get yourself to Round Rock, Texas, February 22nd through the 25th. Again, All the details, event photos, video, are over at PowerfulLivingExperience.com. You gotta check out the video, it is pretty amazing. Now I don't know about you, but I want to not only level up my life, but I wanna be a part of changing what seems like a crazy world in 2024 that we're living in. And that's exactly what we're gonna be doing together. You, me, a thousand other impact-driven change makers, We're gonna be doing the work necessary for you to have absolute clarity on your vision for 2024 and the mindset and tools to make it a reality. I'm gonna be doing a special business bonus session on Thursday the 22nd before we start the main event on Friday, sharing the exact tactics and strategies that we use to go from zero to $25 million and become number 171 on the Inc. 500 list in a business where I'm doing what I love and making a real impact in the world because you can too. And I want 2024 to be the year that things don't just change a little bit for you, but that there is a monumental shift in who you are and what you're creating in the world and in your life. So here's the deal. Head on over to the event site, PowerfulLivingExperience.com. It's also, the link is in the show notes, and grab your ticket. Like I said, right now, buy one, get one free, a bunch of other bonuses and 80% off, but early bird ends soon. So don't wait. Make the decision right here, right now, that you're gonna give yourself the gift of transformation. And remember, you're gonna get a plus one Bring a Friend ticket to give that gift to someone else too before early bird expires. And I will see you in Texas for a weekend you will never forget. And now, back to your regularly scheduled episode. Hey, it's David. Welcome back to A Changed Mind, a sanctuary for the human spirit, a place where each and every episode I will remind you of the certainty of the goodness of the future I am so looking forward to this episode. If you have been in personal growth for a while, you've read the books, you've gone to the events, you've taken some programs, you've worked on your limiting beliefs, but you feel like there is still a gap. There is a delta between the way you are experiencing life and the peace and serenity that you are looking for. There are cycles or experiences that you continue to have in your life that you know you are creating, you get, that thoughts are things and that your thinking is creating your reality, then you're going to love this episode. This episode is really a conversation about that gap, which I would call integration and embodiment. For so many years as I was going through the early stages of my personal growth, I was learning the philosophies. I understood that my limiting beliefs were holding me back that I had some experiences from my childhood or childhood traumas that were shaping the lens through which I was experiencing my life. But the truth was is that while there were incremental improvements in my life and there were some limiting beliefs that I was able to alleviate myself of and my life was getting better, there was still a pretty significant gap. I was experiencing a lot more suffering, stress, anxiety, overwhelm. I was still comparing myself to other people. I was still struggling with indecision, procrastination, self-sabotage, experiencing anxiety. Certainly, there was an improvement having gone through the early stages of personal growth, but there was still a lot left in terms of a desired experience of my life. And so that's what we're going to be diving deep on. If this is your first time, welcome. If you are a repeat listener or repeat watcher, whether you're on your favorite podcast platform like Apple or Spotify or you're on YouTube, do me a favor, subscribe. That way you get all of the updates when I come out with new episodes. If you're listening, leave me a rating or a review. It's the way I can get this work out to more people. And if you're on YouTube, my gosh, leave me a comment. Let me know if you have any additional questions or what resonates with you so that we can be in conversation together. So what I'm going to be unpacking is also the framework that we've developed called the whole human framework. It was really the my answer To this question of how do I integrate and embody personal growth at a deeper level and I want to be really really clear I don't have all the answers I don't want to present myself to you as somebody who doesn't still experience stress Doesn't still experience overwhelm doesn't still experience all the things that I was had shared before I still do experience those things I think it's a natural byproduct of the mechanism of the human being operating system and how the mind works but I experience it far less And I know what to do when I do experience those things. Because my encouragement for you in your personal growth journey or in your spiritual development journey is not to desire to no longer have contrasted experiences in your life, to not to desire to be triggered, but to know what to do with those triggers. Because what I've discovered through my journey is that all of those triggers are just compressed energy. And when we're able to transform or metabolize or digest that energy, it becomes part of the expansion of our personal growth. So it's like we turn the dissonance into the resonance. And so if you want to achieve your full potential, if you want to have more financial prosperity and abundance, if you want to you know, have more health and vibrancy and vitality or healthy relationships, more clarity around your purpose, those things that you seek are actually embedded within the psychological, emotional challenges that you're experiencing. So What I'm also saying is it's all good, right? It's all good and you are in the right place if you're here. You're a seeker and I'm going to try to provide you some more optics and answers and real tools so that you can be able to continue your transformational journey and have what I call a powerful living experience. So I want to also be really clear that I'm not bashing or denigrating personal growth. I think that this whole personal growth industry has sort of set the stage for this next level of human evolution, where we're understanding that we can actually use our minds to rewire our brains and change the neural networks of our brains where our limiting beliefs are held. We can actually. Learn to downregulate our nervous system and to be more connected on an ongoing, consistent basis to ourselves and to our power greater than ourselves and to other people. And so personal growth has set the stage for that. But personal growth and self help has been very heady. It's been very intellectual. It's been very motivational and inspirational. You know, part of my journey and probably part of yours, if you're here, has been, you know, reading the books and getting really, really excited that. You know, that this idea that we're creating our own reality and that thoughts are things and by changing the way that we think, we can really create any type of possibility in our life, that the vision that we have for our life is actually possible, no matter how grandiose or big it seems. And so, you know, my journey started out with reading all the books and then going from the books to the events. I started with the Landmark Forum and Landmark Education Series. If you haven't done the forum, it's a phenomenal three and a half day course that really started opening me up to the distinctions that my personal suffering is really a result of one thing and one thing only and that is my own thinking that suffering is separate from the experience i think from there i went and did tony robbins unleash the power within and my wife and i ended up doing an entire year in the tony robbins world with date with destiny which is a phenomenal event and all of his higher level coaching programs and And then I, Carol and I actually went on our own, you know, personal (laughs) spiritual development journey. We spent a lot of time in India, um, studying with great teachers there, um, starting to engage in exercises that deepened our personal growth, our spiritual growth and our self-awareness from breath work to meditation. And then we came back and we started engaging in a whole variety of different tools and experiences. I've shared in previous episodes that, you know, we went to Sedona and meditated in vortexes and red rocks that we started to realize and learn that some of the limiting beliefs and traumas get stored in the cells of our body. And so we engaged in a variety of practices to begin to release from our body some of what was stored there. My gosh, I could go on and on. I I went deep into studying things like sacred geometry and astrology and astronomy and the sacred tarot and conscious theory and, and quantum theory. And so that led us to a point where we really felt stuck in personal growth. <laughs> so we had had a lot of changes and we certainly grew intellectually, but there was still a gap in our embodiment. I was still worrying. Carol was still controlling a lot of the things, again, that we've shared on previous episodes. And I want to share with you what we discovered along the way of the details of this gap, because you're probably wanting to embody the transformation at a deeper level. In other words, it would be nice to get to a place where you're simply not comparing as much, right? It would be nice to get to a place where regardless of your financial situation, you weren't constantly in fear of financial insecurity. It would be great to get to a place that even though you may be experiencing things in your body like chronic pain or an autoimmune or inflammatory disease, that you're not afraid of your own body. It would be great to get to a point that in your relationships, let's say you're not in a relationship, that you would be open to attracting your soulmate but not feeling desperate about it. Or if you're in a relationship and there's conflict and argument that you didn't take it personally, that you could just allow your partner to express themselves the way they wanted to express themselves and to be fully present for them. And I could go on and on and on and on and on. And so what I want to share with you are what we've discovered as sort of the four layers of resistance that are inside each and every one of us. Because the name of the game, if you want to achieve the vision that you have for your life, if you want to create change in any area of your life, if you're wanting to have more clarity around, for example, your purpose, or if you're wanting to start a business and have it be successful, or you're wanting to find a career path that you're passionate about that's purpose-driven, or like I said, improve your health, wealth, or relationships, then the name of the game is not to have some amount of resource Or figure out some plan in order to produce the outcome. Let me give you a couple of examples. A lot of people, for example, who want to lose weight, want to find the perfect strategy for losing weight. A lot of people who want to grow their business want to find the perfect strategy for growing their business. A lot of people who want to be in a relationship want to find the perfect strategy for attracting a partner in a relationship. Sometimes too, we think that our possibilities are limited because of a lack of resources. So we think to ourselves, well, there are things that I'd like to do in my vision, but I don't have the financial resources to do that. Or we think, well, you know, I'd like to be able to do certain things in my life, but I don't have the health resources to do that. I'm limited in terms of my health. So oftentimes we limit our possibilities because we think we're limited in resources or we start to pursue possibilities. But what we do is we focus on like coming up with the, the perfect plan. But one of the if I was to distill down everything that I've learned over the last 15 years of my personal growth journey, and episode three really go, does a deep dive on this particular concept, it's that all of life operates according to a very simple equation. And that equation is that desire plus non-resistance equals the desired result. In other words, if you have a desire right, for m- more money, you have a desire to grow your business, you have a desire around your relationships. The key is not to actually figure out how to achieve it. The key to achieving the desired result, the thing that you want, is to look within yourself and notice what psychological emotional resistance there is, the thoughts or beliefs that you have of why that can't happen or why it's going to be hard or why it happens for other people but it may not happen for you. Identify the resistance and then use tools to drop the resistance and transform the resistance. That's the way you play the game of life, right? Desire plus non-resistance equals desired result. And so this equation is very, very important because it reorients us to how we play the game. If we look out in the world, most people are playing the game the wrong way. Their game looks like desire plus hustle and grind, find the perfect plan, have the right network, have the right financial resources, have the right health resources, have the right personality, have the right whatever equals desired result. And actually, none of those things matter. (laughs) Wherever you are in your life right now, you can achieve any desire if you play the game of dropping the resistance. And again, in episode three, I talk a lot about this. If you don't have any resistance to, for example, making more money, and I just use this because it seems like something that everybody wants to do, or you've got people who are financially abundant, but they've stripped themselves down spiritually, emotionally, physically to get to that point. So it'd be nice to be able to create business success or prosperity and abundance without having to sacrifice yourself, right? There's a better way to do it. And you can apply the same formula. But the way to actually make more money is to have a vision for what an abundant life looks like and then not have any resistance because if you don't have any resistance behavioral psychology tells us that you'll start to have thoughts in alignment with making more money those thoughts because there's no resistance will create inspired excited joyful motivational emotions inside of you you're then going to be taking action that's in alignment and congruent with making more money and given enough time you'll naturally produce more wealth right? And in fact, the ideas that you tune into when you're non-resistant will be good, intelligent ideas for creating more wealth. So that's actually how thoughts become things. If you don't have any resistance, the way the human being operating system works in behavioral psychology, the science of behavioral psychology tells us this. It's not some sort of woo-woo law of attraction, is that if you have a desire, then as a human being, you will naturally produce the result if you don't have any resistance. So what that means is the name of the game is identify the resistance and drop the resistance. Now, the other really cool thing, which is related to law of attraction and this idea of metaphysics and vibration, is that if you don't have any resistance, you hold this vision within your brain and within your nervous system. Those emotions that you feel, which are excited and anticipatory around your desired result, you're emitting a vibration and life is vibrational. So this desire you have starts to activate the formulation or the materialization of that desired result and it also activates other people to support you in creating that. So at a very unconscious level, other people make micro decisions and you end up meeting them, they end up supporting you, they end up creating coincidences and synchronicities to produce the desired result. So all of this is talked about in the great spiritual teachings, right? You shall sow what you shall reap what you sow, right? In other words, you, shall, you will produce what you think. And that if you want to change your life, then it's about changing the way that you think. It's about dropping the resistance. In Romans, in the Bible, it says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, both Buddha and Gandhi said, the mind is everything what you think you become. Henry Ford said, the man who thinks he can and the man who thinks he can't are both right. So while the great teachers disagreed on just about everything, they agreed on one thing, one thing only, which is your thoughts create your reality. And so the name of the game is to have a desire and identify the resistance, drop the resistance, and then your desired result will materialize. It will become matter. It will become the physical world. And so the reason why most people struggle to create change in their life is number one, they don't understand the rules of the game. (laughs) So these are the rules of the game. They try to go out and change their external circumstances or external conditions. But external conditions are just an effect of your thought process and your belief systems and the consistent vibration that you hold in your brain and in your body. So all external change that you're wanting to create is produced through an internal adjustment. It's an adjustment in your thought process. It's a dropping of the resistance. And so a lot of the focus of resistance has been around this thing called limiting beliefs. And I want to take it deeper with you in this conversation because what you're going to see is that limiting beliefs is just sort of the tip of the iceberg. There are four layers of resistance that we hold inside of ourselves. And being aware of these four layers and having the proper tools to transform these four layers of resistance is what's required if you want to become what we call a whole human. We've actually taken these four resistances along with this tool set, and we've put it into a 12-step program that incorporates a lot of the work that I've received and been able to transmit over the last 15 years, as well as some of what I experienced in the traditional 12-step program. If you've heard my story, which I shared in some of the earlier episodes, the beginning of my transformational process was a result of discovering that I was a drug addict and an alcoholic and a pornography addict and a sex addict, and a work addict, <laughs> I was basically addicted to everything. And, and so going through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous was the beginning of my self-awareness. It was the beginning of a relationship with a power greater than myself. And it was the beginning of identifying the resistance inside of me and learning how to transform it and let it go. And so this I had a vision back then. really wasn't a vision. It was just an intuition that, and many people, so many people who go through Alcoholics Anonymous or some other 12-step program have this thought, which is, wow, the whole world needs these 12 steps, and I didn't know that you know, over a decade later, I would actually be designing a 12-step program that would be taking personal growth much deeper and giving people the opportunity to integrate and embody the change that, that they were desiring, and so that's what we've created with the whole human framework. And if you're interested in that, you can certainly go to davidbear.com, check out our programs, check out the Whole Human Framework. We open up the course a couple times a year. And I'm excited that so many of you have started to express an interest in going through it. It was beautiful. I got a message on my Instagram messenger the other day from someone in Costa Rica who said, hey, I've been listening to your Change Mind podcast and I heard you in the earlier episodes talk about this thing called the Whole Human Framework. Like, How do I find out more about it? So you can go to davidbear.com to check that out. But there are four layers of resistance and the ability to systematically work through those four layers and then to be able to have a living daily practice of being aware when one of these four resistances comes up and having the tools to actually work with that resistance, to transform that resistance, to unpack that resistance. To me, that's the most important work that we could be doing if we want to have an extraordinary life. And so this first level of resistance is a limiting belief. And, uh, and again, I've talked about in other episodes, the tools that we use to transform beliefs, but you know, our beliefs were formed at a very early age as the prefrontal cortex was forming pretty much from the age of zero to the age of seven, you're having these experiences in your life. And the brain is like this massive hard drive. It's recording every experience that you have. And so for example, the first experience you had with a dog, your brain is recording that experience. What it what it looks like, right? Through your sense of sight. What it smells like through your sense of smell. What it sounds like through your sense of hearing. What it tastes like, right? Through your sense of taste. Maybe a little taste of dog fur when you were three years old, and what it feels like through your sense of touch. And all of that information gets ingested through the nervous system, and it's sent to the brain. And your brain actually builds a memory of that experience. So there are neurons these electrically excitable cells in your brain and connections called synapses. And so all of a sudden, these synapses start to form and these neurons start to connect. And within this you know, tiny part of your brain is held this memory of your first experience with a dog. But what's also stored within the structure of your brain and within this memory is the meaning that you give the experience. And so if the experience you had the first time with a dog was a wonderful experience, then the next time you meet a dog in order to quickly figure out if there's any threat, which is a great survival mechanism, right? Your, your brain sort of looks into its own database and says, hey, what do we have here that matches up with this experience? And it says, oh, we know what this experience is. This is a dog experience. And then you'll have a thought, which is dogs are friendly. And that's how you'll experience the second dog. But if the first time around you had an experience with a dog where you got bit or the dog was rough and you got scared and the conclusion you came to or the meaning you gave the experience was that dogs are dangerous, then the next time you have an experience with a dog, regardless of the fact that it's a completely different dog, your immediate reaction and the thoughts that will occur for you is that dogs are dangerous. And so this begins to shape the lens through which you experience dogs. And this, by the way, is you know what happens. I have a friend who was in his mid-30s who was terrified of dogs because he kept reliving that experience over and over and over again. The brain will look for evidence to support the original meaning that you give the experience and it'll ignore any evidence otherwise. So you'll interpret the movements of dog number two and dog number three and dog number four as being dangerous or aggressive, even though perhaps it's not. And so when we get into personal development work, a lot of this work is about being present to these new experiences in our life and beginning to question the thoughts that are occurring for us and go, wait a minute, is this really true, is the dog dangerous? And, you know, for most people, the meaning or the beliefs we have about dogs doesn't have a significant impact on our life. But what we also saw was how our parents experienced money or how our parents were in a relationship or how our parents experienced their health. And that does have a substantial impact on the way that we experience the world because money and relationships or health are so prominent in our life. So, you know, you can complete this question for yourself. And I'll give you a second. You know, when I was growing up, money was Blank. What was it for you? What did you experience when you were growing up? When you were growing up, money was blank. Well, a lot of people, when they were growing up, money was scarce, or money was hard to come by, or money was hard to make, or money was something you had to work really hard for or sacrifice for. And if that's the experience that you observed when you were a child in your absorbent mind years, that's the lens through which you experience money today. In fact, I find that about 90% of people, the way they experienced money when they were growing up is the same way they experience money today, which is why the vast majority of people are experiencing what they describe as financial insecurity. Because money's hard to make, money's hard to come by, money's scarce, et cetera, et cetera. And so we continue to experience our life through that financial lens. And it's not until we realize the rules of the game that if desire is for more money, that we need to transform the resistance, which is our beliefs around money, if we want to produce the desired result. And so we've got some phenomenal tools to help shift limiting beliefs. Right? We've got something called the decision matrix and the power of decision. Again, I had a previous episode around this. I think it was episode eight or nine. You can check it out. And there are other really good transformational teachers out there who work with this sort of baseline level of resistance, which we call limiting beliefs. But then the question is, well, how come some limiting beliefs seem like they're harder to transform? Like, aren't there some beliefs that you've had that are limiting, that you became aware of and you were able to shift them? But there are some other limiting beliefs you have that you're still holding on to? Or have you ever experienced that you have a limiting belief and something happens, you read a book, you use some tool or technology, you go to an event, whatever it is, and the belief changes, but then at some point, it sort of reverts back, right? Or you could look at the projected reality that you're experiencing, which is just a reflection of your beliefs. You know, for a little while, relationships improve, but then they go back to a cycle of toxic relationships. For a little while, your financial situation improves, but then it contracts back into financial insecurity. For a little while, your health situation improves, and then a new health challenge shows up, And you react to it in the same way that you were reacting to the previous experience, right? The belief sort of reinforces itself. So we take two steps forward and two steps back. So I want to speak to that for a moment. Why some beliefs seem harder to transform or they go but come back. Because that takes us to the second layer of resistance inside of us that we've identified. And what we discovered was that limiting beliefs, some of them, are tied to the resentments that we hold. Limiting beliefs are tied to resentments that we hold. And it really makes sense when you think about it, most of our limiting beliefs were formed in relationship to other people. So for example, let's say you experienced a father who was critical, right? Your father was critical of you and you experienced that as not being good enough. Maybe your dad made you feel this way. Maybe your mom made you feel this way. I'm not saying it was even true. I'm just saying that was your experience of it. And so you adopted this belief at a very early age. It formed within your brain. It started to develop a pattern within your nervous system. You started to feel it. You started to become this idea of not enough or I don't matter. Well, whether you're conscious of it or you're unconscious of it, you likely hold a resentment towards the person who made you feel this way. And so we can do all the work that we want to around the limiting belief to try to shift it into self-love or feeling good about ourselves or knowing that we do matter or that we're critical to the system of life or that we are beautiful people inherent in our worth or our value. But if we're still holding on to this resentment It's like an energetic cord that is binding you to this person that the limiting belief is still running across, right? Like a high-speed internet cable. And so no matter what you do, you go do indigenous medicine ceremony like a lot of people do, do ayahuasca. You can go do magic mushrooms. You can go do tens of years of therapy. You can go do all the breath work that you want. You could do a cold plunge every day for five years. (laughs) You could do anything you want that you think might create a shift in your belief But as long as you're still holding on to the resentment, the belief will continue to be rooted into you. And so that's why in our 12-step program, as in the traditional 12-step program, it's important to inventory our resentments. If you can inventory your resentments and let go of the resentment and find forgiveness, then you not only free yourself from the other person and the past experience that you had with them, But you free yourself from the limiting belief that is the bind between you two. And that's why so many people don't understand why certain limiting beliefs are so hard to shift is because we haven't really socialized or popularized this idea that they're actually connected to resentments. You know, have you ever done a resentment inventory? Have you ever sat down and listed out all the resentments that you hold still? And do you have the tools once you've identified a resentment to be able to work with that resentment in order to find forgiveness, no matter how traumatic or dramatic that resentment is? Because, you know, let's acknowledge the fact that, you know, a lot of things happened to us when we were younger that frankly shouldn't happen to anyone, right? Whether it's physical abuse, sexual abuse, even things that occurred later in our life. And so we have to be able to find a way to become complete or whole with that experience so that we can leave it in the past and not continue to bring it into the future. What you'll notice if you do a resentments inventory, for example, if you still hold a resentment for your mom or your dad, is that there are probably people who are showing up in your life today that you're experiencing the same resentment with, right? It's almost like this cycle that just continues to show up. You're experiencing other people in your life through the lens of mom or through the lens of dad and you're finding that resentment there. Maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's your current partner, or your current spouse. You know, we always hear, right? I married my mom or my dad. Well, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> so if you haven't healed that resentment, then you're going to be experiencing, or what's inside of you is going to become triggered by the people around you. And you're going to experience that with people in your modern day life. So the second layer that's really important to address if we want to have whole human healing, and if we want to be able to drop the resistance, that is the only thing that is preventing our desires from materializing or manifesting. It's important for you to take a look at resentments, right? That's the second layer. And this was tremendously groundbreaking for me. And when I take people through our 10-week 12-step program, the whole human framework, there are so many aha moments as people start to inventory their resentments. Again, Not a thing that we're taught, certainly in traditional education, but not a thing that we're even really taught in personal development, right? I can't think of one event that I ever went to where they asked us to sit down and inventory our resentments. But when I did a personal inventory of my resentments, my God, the things that I found, you know, I had resentments towards my mom, resentments towards my dad, resentments towards my sister, resentments towards my brother, resentments towards my wife. I had resentments that were showing up as I was watching other influencers come through my newsfeed on social media. I mean, social media is an incredible trigger for resentments. I had resentments towards God. I had resentments towards my own body. I had resentments towards different parts of my body, right? And so if you want to have a healthy relationship with your body, you can't be resenting it. If you want to have a healthy relationship with money, you can't be resenting it. And so it's important for us to identify all of our resentments and know that that's the second layer of resistance that needs to be cleared out. We teach a phenomenal process called the forgiveness framework, which really allows anyone, no matter how traumatic the resentment was, to find forgiveness around the resentment and to be able to let it go. And man, is it such a burden that gets lifted when you're no longer carrying around that resentment and so much can shift in your life when you're no longer entangled with that limiting belief. That's the second layer of resistance or what we would call uh, whole human healing. The third layer is really interesting and it's what I discovered. And this was only a couple of years ago. I was still struggling with overwhelm and still struggling with worry. And what I realized in conversations with other people is that every single person I knew was still struggling with something that was very core had a conversation with a family member who was still struggling since the age of nine with shame and guilt. I had another conversation with someone very, very close to me who regardless of the fact that she was aware of it, was still struggling with control. And these things came out of their early childhood traumas. The family member that I told you about was shamed as a child for being different and so always felt like he wasn't good enough and felt ashamed and guilty. This other individual I told you about who could not let go of the need to control, which was suffocating her in her life, it was a result of taking control of her own life when she suffered early childhood abuse and no one believed her. And so the conclusion she came to was, well, I'm not going to trust anybody. I'm going to do everything on my own. And when I look at my own worry, uh, I certainly got that from my mother and that manifested or materialized some early life health challenges that I had that created a cycle of worry around there being something wrong with me or something could go wrong in my body. And so what I discovered was that every single human being has this one thing that we call a core program, which is almost like a super limiting belief. Now, the trick with the core program is no matter what tools you use, you can't actually get rid of the core program because you're not supposed to get rid of the core program on, yourself, on your own. And the core program has almost become like the seed of your entire personality. A lot of the things that you're really, really good at, like your strengths, and if someone were to interview you for a job and said, hey, what is it that you're, are your natural gifts and talents, you would describe aspects of your core program. So I would say, for example, well, I'm a great problem solver, I'm a great thinker, I think things through critically. But what happens over time is that part of your personality overdevelops. And sometime between the age of 35 and 55, it takes over too much. It's like an out-of-control aspect of your personality. And so for me, it went from being a critical thinker and very analytical and being a great problem solver to compulsively worrying about problems. And so each and every one of us has this. I was actually having a conversation at a wedding last weekend with a friend of mine. She's... 45 years old, running a very successful education-based business, and she said, yeah, I just feel like I'm starting to burn out, and I don't really know why, and no one around me seems to be able to do the level of quality of work that I do, and so now I find myself scrambling everywhere trying to fix all the problems within my organization, and I said, yeah, that's your core program. It got you to where you're at, but it's not going to get you to where you want to go. The core program is not an enemy. It's actually an opportunity. So this super limiting belief is also the key to you unlocking the next level of your personal power, of your emotional, spiritual capacity. It's something that is in, its, in the core program form, I would call it compressed energy. And when you're able to transform it, just like any of your limiting beliefs, it becomes a part of your expansive energy. And you might have an idea of what your core program is. It might be that you don't matter. It might be that you're not good enough. It might be that people never listen to you it's an emotional home. It's a place where you go almost every single day. And it's become such a part of the lens through which you experience life that it just seems like it's normal, but it's not normal. And so as we're able to identify our core program, the key to the core program is not actually figuring out how to change it. It's not like trying to shift a limiting belief using a tool like the decision matrix that we teach. It's not like forgiving a resentment through the forgiveness framework. The core program requires this thing called surrender. Now, you've probably heard about surrender. There's a beautiful book called The Surrender Experience by Michael Singer where he talks about living a life of surrender. But surrender can be something that feels very, very scary because rather than doing the thing that your mind is telling you that you need to do and that has actually seemed to work for you in the past, the key to surrender is for you to not do anything and to trust that a power greater than yourself can actually solve the problem right? The key to surrender is not doing the activity that's creating insanity in your life, the compulsive type of behavior. It's about doing some sort of healthy connecting activity, right? When you think you should actually go double check to make sure everybody's doing the right work, your job is to go for a walk and let a higher power take care of that for you, right? So it's about a pattern interrupt. And the way that we achieve the pattern interrupt is by actually seeing that in everything that we've created in our life, We haven't actually been particularly responsible for the victories that have occurred, that there's been a power greater than us that has organized all the coincidences and synchronicities that in the language of the 12-step program, God has been able to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. Because the core program is calling you back into a relationship with a higher power. It doesn't have to be God. It could be Jesus, Allah, nature, the universe, the fundamental mathematics or geometry of life itself. But the core program and that layer of resistance, in order to alleviate yourself of it, you, you have to believe that there is a greater force operating in your life and to be able to turn that obsessive compulsive pattern of behavior, thoughts, and emotions and over to that higher power. Again, we go much deeper in this, in, in the structure of, of the whole human framework in our 10-week 12-step coaching program, but there is an aspect of your personality which has overdeveloped itself and it's ready for transformation and it's calling you to reconnect with the power that is the power of the universe itself because that's also gonna be required in order for you to achieve the next level you have of your vision. You know, achievement is not a do-it-yourself project. I like what Arnold Schwarzenegger said in his recent three-part documentary series on Netflix. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger said, I was not a self-made man. I was made by all of the people and the coincidences and the synchronicities that showed up to support me along the way. And all of that can be described as a higher power or a God or a force in our life that is there to support us. And the core program forces you to be more available for that support because you're not going to be able to achieve that next level of your vision if you think you're doing it all on your own. And so that's that third layer of resistance is the core program. It's learning how to transform a very, very deep aspect of your personality that has a whole series of experiences or traumas to support it that has materialized itself as your strengths, but that because it's becoming overutilized is beginning to suffocate you in your own life. And you could just think about the core emotion that you experienced that's undesirable, right? The core emotion that you experienced that's undesirable is tied into your core program. Well, once we work through those three layers, and by the way, it's an ongoing job, right? It's not a thing that we just do once and all of a sudden ye be healed, right? Your life can improve dramatically, but there's always new things that show up because you're going to continue to grow over the course of your life and you grow through the transformation or the metabolization of these limiting beliefs or these resentments that continue to show up or through continuing to work with your core program, you become stronger and stronger and more expansive. So... It's not that we should want to be done with this. When you understand the rules of the game of life, then you actually begin to welcome these things as they show up because you know that you've got the tools to work with them and that every time you do, you're going to become stronger, right? You're going to become more available for the resources that are trying to make their way to you from life in order to accomplish a bigger vision. But once you've sort of I want you to think about your inner world as a garden So as you've started to pull some of the weeds by working through your limiting beliefs And then you've pulled some more weeds by identifying and forgiving resentments and then You're starting to really work through some of the deep-rooted stuff because you're surrendering on a daily basis Your core program and you're developing and deepening a relationship with a power greater than yourself Now you've got the space in your mental spiritual emotional garden to plant some new seeds And the new seeds that we plant address this fourth layer of resistance, which every human being inherently feels at some level, and which is motivating a lot of behavior in our life that feels frantic and is not the most effective use of energy, and that is that feeling that we're not enough. So not enough is a universal experience. Not enough is the fourth layer of resistance. And not enough becomes addressable, Once we do this foundational work through these first three layers of resistance, we've got the opportunity to now start planting new seeds of self-love and self-esteem. There are a variety of ways that we can do that. We like to use the technology of affirmations or incantations, reminders to ourselves of our own inherent worthiness and the fact that the universe itself is in support of our greatest growth, our greatest prosperity, and our greatest evolution. In other words, that we are loved, not only by ourselves but by life itself. And as we develop this into a daily practice of reminding ourselves that all is well and that we are safe and that we are inherently good in our existence and in our presence, we start to become solid within ourselves. Because up until the point that we start having the room to plant these seeds of self-love and self-esteem, what we're doing is we're outsourcing our self-approval. Right? We're trying to find the approval for ourselves and the approval of others. We do that through codependent behavior. We do that through horse trading, I like to call it in our relationships. I'll do this or be this for you and then you approve of me so I can feel good about myself. We do it through the pursuit of business or financial success, right? I'm going to be successful in my business and I'll finally get to a point where I can relax because I'll feel good enough about myself. Well, and that's part of the formula burnout, right? People get to the point where they thought they were going to feel good about themselves and they don't. There's this horrific realization that, <laughs> oh my God, I may never feel good about myself. And instead of having, you know, being able to address that fear, what do we do? We kind of pursue the next level of success. Or we find that in relationships, right? If I can just find someone to love me, then I can love myself too. So we have to address this fourth layer of resistance. We've got to find a way to reestablish esteem for ourselves and love for ourselves. And when we do that, we become incredibly powerful because we're now no longer a victim of our external circumstances, of someone loving us, but we love ourselves. And we know that we have a relationship with a power greater than ourselves and that we can see the love for us in our own life, like we become present and find ourselves in natural thanksgiving at the wonder of the fact that we don't have to beat our own hearts, that we don't have to go out and seek oxygen, (laughs) that we breathe naturally, that there's this incredible intelligence operating with our bodies that's allowing us to have this experience of this physical life, right? We become in wonder of everything that we see external to us. As my friend, Dr. Anthony Balduzzi says, we become present to our infinite dependence upon a power greater than ourselves, moment by moment by moment, that nothing that we have in our lives could have ever possibly come to us if it were not for a greater power. And so then we begin to really change our experience of life. We really begin to embody what we began to seek out in the beginning of this personal development journey, which is to live in thanksgiving, to be present in the present moment, to be available for other people to react the way that they choose to react around us, but for us to not take it personally. And as we relax into all of that and we have a more joyful experience of life and a more connected experience with a power greater than ourselves, we start to have thoughts and ideas that contribute to natural action and results that become a masterpiece life. Right? Remember, the name of the game is desire plus non-resistance equals desired result. And so the most important thing that we can be focused on in our lives is identifying the resistance that's inside of us and being in a committed daily, what I would call spiritual practice with the proper tools to be able to work with the resistance that we identify. And if that is the practice that you take upon for yourself, you can have a powerful living experience. You know, one of the things that's said in scripture, and again, it's not all about scripture. I made a commitment recently, and I've started listening to the Quran on audiobook, and I already understand, have learned a lot of the Eastern teachings that reflect the same principles. So it's in all of the great wisdom teachings what I'm about to share with you. But in the Bible, it's referenced that uh, all we need is the faith of a mustard seed in order to perform miracles, right? The Bible specifically says in order to tell the mountain to move from here to there. And so the beautiful thing is you don't have to have a perfect mindset. You don't have to have no resistance. And if you can just make some small incremental changes to your inner architecture, if you can just identify some limiting beliefs, resentments, begin to work with your core program and begin to install new seeds of self-love and self-esteem and stop outsourcing your self-love and self-esteem, you can create dramatic shifts in your life. Like you can radically transform your financial situation in 30 days, six months, one year, two years. You know, when I first met my wife Carol before we started this business, I had two homes in foreclosure and about $2500 in my bank account. And within a very short period of time, we had a million dollars in our bank account, like probably 3 or 4 years later. And I'm not saying that happens to everybody, but you know, I don't think there's anybody who a decade later can't have an extraordinary level of financial abundance. I was single for 10 years, and then as I started to become aware of the rules of this game of life, and I started doing the work to clear out the resistance. I actually made a new decision in Christmas just before 2012, in Christmas of 2011, that I was gonna didn't know how, I didn't know when, but soon I was going to meet a beautiful Colombian woman and make her my wife. January 4th, I met Carol. <laughs> She's now my wife. So things can happen very, very quickly. You know, I made a decision back in 2009 that I was going to generate $60,000 from a source that wasn't related to my current source of income my job or my business or any investments. And six months later, I made $60,000 in miraculous ways. How? Well, I had a desire plus non-resistance. And so the desired result was an inevitability. And so, you know, will it happen tomorrow for you? Whatever your desire is, if you drop your resistance or if you start doing this work, maybe, maybe not. But will it happen soon? Absolutely. As long as you're patient with it. So those are the four layers of resistance. As far as we've identified them. And again, what we help people go through within our 10 week, 12 step whole human framework program so that you can get absolutely clear on your desires and identify the resistance that's holding you back to let it go. And this is important work to do not only for ourselves if you want to create an extraordinary life, but if you go back about three episodes, I have an episode around the new world order and totalitarian control, which is just a catchy title in order to get people's attention. But it's really about seeing the changes in the world right now that are taking place that I don't think any of us like, whether it's you know, censorship or the military industrial complex, or maybe you and I disagree about some things, but there are some things that you're seeing in the world that you'd like to see changed. And actually, the way that we're going to be able to change those things is by doing the same work I'm talking about here. It's not by messing with the external reality or trying to change it. Everything that's happening in your external world is simply an effect of what's going on in your inner world. So if we can identify the resistance inside of ourselves and learn to let it go, not only can we change our lives, but we can change the world together. So... I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Like I said before, if you've got any questions, you're watching on YouTube, drop it in the comment box. If you love this episode and you're listening on one of your favorite podcast platforms, do me a favor, give me a rating or review. And I hope this served you well, right? For a long, 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 long time, I had a challenge with this integration embodiment piece, like really taking my personal growth to the next level. And again, I'm not presenting myself as some guru that doesn't experience suffering, I do. But now I know how the game works and you do too. Love you so much. Thanks for being here with me, and I'll see you on the next episode. Hey, it's David. One more thing. If you want to go even deeper on everything we've talked about on today's episode, don't forget to jump over to www.davidbear.com. You can find the link in the show notes and subscribe to our newsletter. A couple of times a week, I'm going to be sending you the latest episodes that we've released along with additional free trainings. You'll get immediate access to my free MindHack hack ebook. And go even deeper into all the tools, the technologies, the frameworks that have helped tens of thousands of people establish a changed mind. Don't forget to jump on over to the site and I will see you in the next episode.